Cody's right here, so. Oh, he topped Whoa. it. He cold topped it. Okay. Ready to go. Yeah. Oh, he shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he on the sink. Just before we start this podcast, I just want to have a message from one of our sponsors. One of our main sponsors is Appear on Clothing, where you can get premium golfwear at discounted prices. Check out our website at www.appearon-clothing.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Bogey Boys podcast. This is season three, episode 12, Live is Alive. You're joined here by your host, Kevin and Mark, as always. As always. Live is alive. Live is alive. Alive and what kicking. What has been going down in your world? <laughs> well. <laughs> Happy <yeah>. anniversary, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Cheers, brother. That was weird. It was. I didn't know whether you were going to go for the fish. <laughs> go on, then. Yes. <laughs> That's one of the awkward moments. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah. One year married, as Boss. of yesterday. Really, so, about four years, isn't it, when you take out when your wedding was meant to be? Yeah, it should have, yeah. Exactly, exactly <laughs> You're on that. your silver or something. <laughs> You're speaking about that yesterday, actually. Well, nah. like, this could have been, our, could have been our third year anniversary, yeah. What is it? Pe- it's wood or something, isn't it? Paper. Paper. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, how are you? How's you? Oh, you good, yeah. I played with you Wednesday, Asprey. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. And then... A steaming for the game, so I went and I joined for me all, but then played three holes and it was lashing down so legged it. Are you joined? Yeah, I've oh, rejoined, so I'm a member of a golf course now. Yes. Handicaps and all that. Is this it then? You had a year, you had a year of absolutely smashing it, then a year off, and now you're having... Oh, I'm back, baby. Back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> that is right. It's good to have you back. I know, I just can't it wait is. to play a comp with a scorecard in my hand, you know, and just do it. Yeah, well, it was, we sort of done that on Wednesday, didn't we? There was yeah, a, that was good. We got invited to uh, the Myersco tour didn't we? They mm-hmm. have a they have a tour every year. We're gonna have to call it the Collegiate and Prospects Tour, aren't we? We'll I don't care to. what it's called I now. Know, yeah. It's just that. Isn't the video appeared on tour soon enough. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, we obviously went down there. They invited us down to play. We played with a couple of couple of lads who were at college. Young Owen, mate. Owen, Owen Top UAE. Six five, five under. Five under. Yeah. The lowest ever round recorded in a peer on clothing. I know. The new, we've got to be making a peer on athletes after that, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we just, what's going on? Sign him up. Sign him up. <laughs> well, the other lad who we were playing with, actually, he's Ellis. off like plus two, Ellis. Yeah. We, we give him a few bits and he, I think he, he was shook by how good Owen was playing. <laughs> but he just lost his head a bit, didn't he? He did play well, though. I think he right. got it to back nine. Ellis was two under. Got a two under at one point. Over, didn't he? Yeah, two under at one point on the back nine. It's just a short game. He's getting up and down from everywhere and... It's a type a of course to do that, though, isn't it? Like, he chipped in and then he held a monster. Yeah. We had a way of the match against him, didn't we? And, like, we just kept half and... I was half and holes all over us. You were nowhere to be seen for a bit. And then I, I just like, kept three-put on everywhere, didn't I? It's probably not a good day to be on my case about golf, you know, and I'll tell you what happened on Saturday <laughs> in a minute. But fucking hell. It was, no, it was a like, good game, though. We ended up losing to them, but, like... It was just weird, wasn't it? Like, even we had a stroke next one, both had the shot, and then Owen goes and chips in, and you're like, come on. And then I've put it into about no mess, three foot, wasn't it? Three foot, and Owen's a good 30 foot away. Owen knocks it in and just rattles me, and I just missed the whole hole. <laughs> <You> <laughs> like, yeah, oh my I was going to say, you didn't even lift it, did you? I didn't even lift, no. That was I the like, problem, wasn't it? We, Yeah, we were three down through nine, then we half ten. I won 11 and 12. I repeat, I won 11 and 12. Got yeah. us back to one, then we half the next, and 
I half nine with a three putt. I half ten with a birdie. <laughs> it's just it was horrible, wasn't it? It did actually, yeah. I know it was. It was, it was disastrous. But nice little course, wasn't it? Do you know what? It was. I'd like to go back and play. Yeah, I was four over with four three putts. Yeah, and two a, tiddlers. I could it was have a been long sub there. It was a long day for us, wasn't it? I had to yeah. get all the way back to the launch of the appeal on Academy after that. Oh uh, well, when we put it in the sat nav. It said you can go like round Wales or whatever and through Wrexham, yeah, through Wrexham, through Lang Langollum, and save like seven minutes or ten minutes, and it would have got us to Bootle Golf Course at eighteen twenty-one, and then a couple of manoeuvres later, we we had it down to seventeen. Then we had some red traffic, got it up to twenty-four, and it was just an anxiety race against the clock. Yeah. We got there though. We're, we did 21, didn't we? We did, yeah, and it was a great turnout there in the M1. Brilliant, it? Obviously, it? the first session was received very well. If mm -hmm. there is anybody in the local area around, uh, even the northwest, uh, you know, because we're, we're looking at branching out into into Manchester, aren't we? With yeah, boomers and swingers. Boomers and swingers. Yeah, the European Academy is basically a six-week group se coaching session Yeah, run by PJ professional David Goscombe, where basically just go go through the foundations of golf isn't it like every what yeah, every like golfer little, needs yeah a little crash course of and it's it's not just a crash course it's a crash course in like getting told what to do but it's also a crash course in what the clubs do yeah like when he's explaining like shaftly and strike ball position all these different things and yeah. what they mean how they correlate and what it, what is a perfect strike and he relates it all to football or to tennis or driving boxing. a car and yeah. boxing and it, a lot of the lads were like, oh, I understand that from footy, yeah, I understand that from um, tennis, I understand that from a car or whatever, and the the metaphors are good. And I think that what what a lot of the feedback was, a lot of the lads who who were engaged in the in this first session, they were just going to the driving range with no thought process. They were just whacking balls, not understanding what they were doing, but wanting to improve. Like you say, this is a perfect opportunity to come with a group of your friends, laying together, and then when you go on the range, say they come in a group of four, the lads, didn't yeah. they? Um, and obviously they can go and pair up or go with each other through the practice through the week and be ready for next week's session. Which well, is that's it. And like when Dave was talking about every single person, it's a ball on the range, it's a bad shot, looks up, and it's like the outcome. They're looking at the outcome. They're not looking at the process, what gives the outcome. So really, if the, the feedback is in where your hand's finished, where your weight is, where your body's finished in relation to target, not where the ball's gone, because that could be a number of things. You can control them things through impact. And that yeah. was basically session one. Moving forward, let's start lengthening the swing, getting a bit more into it. Yeah. And like, I, if it the lads have gone the range, yeah, they'll be it, it best golfers. Exactly, and it basically gives golfers, like I said at the beginning there, a foundation where they can give themselves that feedback and they can understand why they've had a bad shot um, and then they can start to improve. And then after the coaching session, six-week course is done, if they want to go and get one-to-one -one sessions, then at least they've got a base to start from as, okay, well, I want to move to the next level. What do I need to do? Definitely. And it's also a lot of a, a cheaper option as well, isn't it? More than just paying for six lessons. You, you, like, you're literally splitting it between the week and you're getting a Peter on Polo. So... If you know anyone that's interested, holler. Yeah, definitely. Right. Should I tell you about Saturday then? Please do, because I've been dying to hear this. Because, like, okay. I was, I've dug you a hole in the garden as well. Have you? Because I don't want them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I stink. <sighs> Honestly, that's how I felt. So, teeing off 7.56 Saturday morning. Doesn't help. <laughs> I know. That's that's probably what the first problem so I get to the course at 7, go down to the driving range, hit balls, 
just like I did when I played the previous Sunday with, with the kids, just striving on the driving range. And I said to myself, for this week, for this round, sorry, the one thing that I'm going to do is really concentrate on my pre-shot routine and commit to every shot. Even if I'm going a bit slower than I normally do, don't just rush into it, yeah. just concentrate. First hole, it's off the yellows, six iron, right at the pin, didn't leave the pin, and it just, the pin was at the front, it just stopped on the top of the bunkers. So it was like a 20-foot putt, but it was down the hill yeah. at the front of the green, knocked it about 10-foot past. 10-foot? Missed it, coming back, <laughs> four to start. So I thought, do you know what, the first strike's being good. Second hole off the yellows, I'm right, okay, here we go. The lads get the driver out. I get the driver out off the yellows. I get a bit aggressive. Snap or hit straight into the new ditch on the left. <laughs> Walk off the second with an eight. Snowman. Then I start losing my head then. Then I get a four iron on the third. Nearly shank it. It goes short right by the other ditch. So then I hit this. And then I hit this five iron into the sh- it just short right into the bunker. Don't get up and down, but that's a five for two. So for the first three holes, I'm on three points. I'm thinking, right, chance to get it going now. And then just fourth hole, nearly shank, and iron off that tee. Then fifth hole, make a mess of that. Sixth hole, make a mess of that. And then... Make a mess as in... Just... What are you doing? Duffing it, isn't it? Well, I'd say... Okay, so the the fifth holes were the first three wood that I hit. So I've hit that, I've hit that one half decent. And then I've hit three wood, four iron into five just short of the green and then I failed to get up and down so I've got a five for two on that so that wasn't that bad and then on the sixth I've topped a three wood off the tee <laughs> amazing I like the way you brushed over that with made a mess of <laughs> so and then so I'm short of the hills do you know the hills on the on the short right so then I've just short of everything if you've topped it at <laughs> It's sort of like, it wasn't a full top, it was like a skinny top, just dead, top. dead That's log. all your weight back in your hands, flipping out, isn't it? going on, yeah. So, anyway, I've chipped it back into play, but then it's clipped a tree and went left. So, and then I've hit my neck shot, short right. And then I've got up and down, actually, for a five, unbelievable five, to be fair, five for one. So, at this point, I'm on eight stable for points through six holes, but playing terrible, don't want to be there. And then on the seventh tee, when I played with Jack off the white the other week, and I'm like this, if I hit a good shot somewhere, I always remember it. It just goes back from when I used to do the mental game and I was half decent. And I've hit this I've hit this drive with Jack, and it's gone straight over the, the bunkers on the hill and left me with about 160 yards in on seven off the white. So I'm thinking on the yellows, hit the same shot, perfect. And snap up that one off the seventh tee and lost the ball. Didn't hit a provisional, so just blobbed that one. <laughs> it was wind in your face, and I've hit the wrong club, even though it was a decent shot on eight, and it's come up just short of the green. Made a four for one, so I'm on nine points. And then I've took four iron off nine, and I've nearly hit the fifth fairway. That, that much that of a snapper? Snapper, yeah. So then I've hit, I've hit a provisional off the tee, straight down the middle, as 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 always, but then I, I don't score on that all either, so... I walk off after nine on nine points, and I'm like, what has just happened there? Really? No idea what's happened. And then I get onto the, I get onto the tenth, and I just have a different swing thought. So I just thought, get a bit more risky on the way back. Don't know why I thought that. There's no, there's no science to back this up. 
I just thought get a bit cock the wrist at the at, as soon as you take it back and then just bring it on the inside. Just I need to just try something. I've hit the seven iron to about eight foot on ten and knocked it in for a two. No so way. I'm like, right, this is the thought process for the rest of the round and ended up playing a bit better back nine, but it was still a shambles and I got fourteen points back nine, so twenty three stable for points, but that's like a ninety one that Kev <laughs> in terms of stroke play and there was a yeah. blob in there so it could have been worse so yeah I shot 82 at Ashbury 91 maybe 93 at SNA there on Saturday so yeah things are not looking good but you there know, was a there was a, we've, um, it's a very lonely sport I've heard it, about the, this thing called the Appear on Academy <laughs> if you want to get, get into it <laughs> sign me up <laughs> but so yeah, yeah so that was it no really way. and then you know the golf clubs have just being kicked under well, the look, stairs well look like now. We're, we're busy now. you're not practicing you're not out there you're not getting lessons yeah, you've got no active no, thing but, but listen it, it fades it, it does but not to that extent no, it does you know because like what David said you can be having a decent dangerous thoughts going through your mind yeah but like, you can be having a decent round or play alright like I thought you were I thought you were close to at Asprey you were hitting some bad shots at Asprey yeah. and I was thinking he needs to get into David here like yeah. you were borderline to any more creeping with a bad flick or a bad weight backwards is going to be a disaster. Yeah, like what David says, you need to get your good shot, your bad shots good. Bad shots were terrible, but it's, do you know what it is? Back to them half pitching wedges. No, I know. Yeah, hands behind. And you know, I do weight do, on the front. I do do that, but it's not. You can't just turn up and hit. 50 you know what, what I do is playing. Go out. You've got to go. You know what range. I do is if I'm doing that, I always club down and it's half shots. And proper try and fizz them all in. Yeah. And then you get that technique going then. But what do I know? <laughs> Any anyway. Golf news. There's a bit really. So this isn't really golf news, but I just thought we'd mention it. There's a bit of a Twitter spat between Richard Bland and Eddie Pepperell. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I read the thread, yeah. Yeah. There was some talk around the 12th hole at Live, which we'll come on to in a bit. It was unbelievable scenes, weren't it? And... Eddie said the tour had tried plenty of stuff like that in the past. And then Bland just replied saying, on Eddie Pepperell's 15 minutes, when has there been a tour like that? He's been on tour for 22 years. He's never seen anything like that. And then Eddie turned around and said, well, in my 15 minutes, I've won more than you. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop moment. But obviously Bland has apologised and said he had a few, must have had a few scoops. When but he what did he come it. back and say, though, like the one in Denmark and the... Where else? So in, in Holland, when they do the par three challenge, beat the pro, uh, where they give amateurs the opportunity. Yeah, but it's not like the... that. No, it's nowhere near like that now. Like that was close to waste management gear. Yeah, it was. Aussies full of drink. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So obviously that it wasn't really a spat. It was just a bit of two and throwing. Throw but what about you? Have you got any golf news? Well, did you see the post that I put up I, um, of John Rahm on the Subpar podcast? The Masters jacket? Yeah, yeah. Did, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, doesn't like surprise he, me. No, no, it doesn't surprise you, but I just can't believe it took till now for me to know that that's what you have to do. First I heard of it, You're yeah. not allowed to drink alcohol in the jacket. This is what I mean. Like, I was, I, what me first thought was why I wanted to bring it up is, imagine Cam Smith had won it and then got the open jug at the same time with drinking it and just nailed it <laughs> at Live Adelaide. What's the problem, though? Why can't you drink with it on? I don't know, you can't wear, you have to wear golf attire, you can't wear shorts, you can't wear flip-flops, you're not, you're not allowed. It, yeah, you have why? to let them know, they don't want a surprise, you've got to tell them where it's going to be. Because you're representing Augusta National when you've got that jacket on. 
It's a tradition. So there's it? no ale at the Champions. That's another thing I was going to come to. There's no ale at the Masters dinner. Yeah, but it's the day before the Masters. No one's going to be drinking anyway, are they? Say, Jack Nicholas would like a few. Maybe, yeah. Or like the like... But, so, but they allow people to pay patrons to drink on site, don't they? So it's not like there's a alcohol ban. No, yeah, maybe it's just the winner then. So they don't have any alcohol at all. That's what you're, that, that only you're going off what Ram said, yeah. I find that hard to believe. Surely they've got a bit of wine, a bit of red wine flowing with the meal, like a glass of red with the meal. Yeah. I don't know. That was just. Well, maybe they won't. They don't have the jackets on in there. Take the jacket off, and then you can drink. Oh yeah, because if you're not allowed to drink with your jacket on, just take it off. You have to take it off to have a drink. Yeah. Okay. Gets cold, and Gusta <laughs> come and confiscate your wine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I just thought it was like it was because then and then it, like that cult master's like I feel honoured that it's it's made it here. Yeah, because he well, was sitting in front of them. To be honest, like there is a need for change to open golf up and make it a bit more inclusive, but there is still a place for traditions, isn't there? Of course, yeah. What Liver doing is completely different to the traditions of golf, isn't it? You know, having a shotgun star fifty-four hole team events for a whole season and they're Short. doing things completely different. There is a space for that, but there's also a space to keep the golf traditions in place isn't it no listen it's like that jacket tradition they've tried to do in other ones haven't they where you get the one like the Ruperty bear coloured one at the uh, RBC and you get like a red one at Arnold Arnold. and then you get the other ones at the other masters and other things but none as significant as the, no, the, the green, green jacket, jacket but none of them probably carry as much rules either as that one but I, I just thought it was so. interesting yeah yeah so the other couple of pieces of news I've got a, a live based again really so um, just Greg Norman again saying that the, the they would love a ladies series. So he was asked again, and he's saying that it's a discussion that takes place on a regular basis. He said yeah, he's had discussions with ladies on the LPGA tour and the LET, uh, but he said that the focus is to make sure that this year they produce uh, what they're producing from day one. Uh, then going forward, they're going to be looking at what the best opportunities to build on what they have today. So get this for last season was obviously the putting everything together there was a lot of controversy some players came some players didn't Cut, got the teams changing but this year you've got the t- teams haven't you and it, it's moving forward uh, but he has said that the answer to the question is yes they talk about it internally and they've had discussions with individual lady professional players so yeah it was always gonna always progress cards, to that wasn't it? And, yeah. and then the final bit of news have you got any other news yeah only oh. that just to shout out to Paul Kinnear playing out in the in the finals out there, obviously. Yeah. Didn't have the week that he wanted, but well done for getting in. And yeah, he had a fantastic Repping season. the blue hat all over the place, wasn't he? Yeah, perfect for us, like a little bit of content. Yeah, a bit of promotion. But then the winner, like Craig Lee, I've seen a tweet that he put out that saying that he'd moved like 10 tons of stone. And like, I've moved 10 tons of stone, and I know it's graft. So yeah. to then like pull your finger out, get, he said he was going to have to sell things to get his mortgage, sell his clubs or something to pay his mortgage. Or something that he said on the on the tweet. You see, I seen the tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then so then he's now he's got like the chance to play in a Rolex event, four stars, two challenge. That's is it. And it's and he's offered a set of clubs that he'd only um, put together that week. Well, this is it. The expectations are not there, are they? I suppose he's just going over. He's he's earned the spot. He's going over to probably just enjoy it and For not with the boys. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, life changing, isn't it? So then the only other bit I've got is Zach Johnson has come out and said that live golfers are not ruled out of the team selection for the Ryder Shut Cup. Shut up. Yeah, so 
He said that no decisions being made, those individuals that have left the PGA Tour, to his knowledge, are still members of the PGA of America. There's a grace period involved. He doesn't know the specifics. But as we know, the US team is made up of six players who qualify and six picks from the captain. So he's definitely they're definitely not going to get in through the qualification because they've got no real pathway in now. But the is an opportunity. I mean, you know, if he was against it, then he would say, no, they're not playing. They've made the decision go. But the fact that he's left that door slightly ajar. Who for, though? There's loads of top players, isn't there? Taylor Gooch just shot 20 under for two rounds of golf. There's Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau can all show form. Brooks, maybe, if he does well. Brooks Kepke, yeah, forgot about Brooks, yeah. There's DJ, yeah, I suppose, but nah. No, I, I mean... Unless someone wins two or three, uh, like Brooks wins another two live events. But you've got the major championships as well, though. That's what I mean, and that. So you think a major? And so a if he if he does well under the major, like he's stole all the headlines, the Masters didn't get the job done. Wins another, so he wins this week Singapore, and then he does well again. He's you have to do well on both. You can't just win three lives and get into the Ryder Cup team. I don't reckon. No, and four. It's just too much. I it's, just see. I just see the tides. Have to, it'd see have it. to be a bigger. You'd have to do something bigger than average to just get in. See, I see the tide changing with Live Me. What happened at the Masters? Dead in the was... water, isn't it? <laughs> what happened at the Masters? And then, obviously, what we've just seen at Live Adelaide there, there's another tournament this week in Singapore. Then there's another major coming shortly after. It's yeah. building up to the first few tournaments. There was a bit of inconsistency. There was talk about the playing once every blue moon, etc. But now there's consistent yeah. high-level golf being played. So, you know, and... There's no question about it. Like you say, live is alive, isn't it? Live so, is alive, yeah, yeah, definitely. But plenty more to talk about on that then through the Birdie Bogey bus. Should we get into that time again? It's that time again. It's that time again, y'all. The Birdie Bogey bus, the Birdie Bogey bus, Birdie Bogey bus. What's your Birdie? It's got to be Chase Kepka's ace, hasn't it? Ace you know Kepka. Ace Kepka, man. That was unreal, wasn't oh. it? That, that's he nearly broke his club, he said, in an interview. You know, because he like slams his club down as he yeah. as he does it. He said he nearly, he said he threw it that high and then he broke it. Unbelievable, wasn't it? Ah, oh, boss. Like, sorry, just to go. The fans, like the way they teed that hole up for someone to get it a hole in one, and if they all didn't launch the beer, like that was like we need to be what that is, and like they delivered. There was showers. It was great, yeah. wasn't it? It was. There was a couple of times as well where where players were stiffing it and the and the beers were going on. There. Yeah, it was just. Unbelievable! The club adjacent um, guys who do the podcast. Yeah, what's it called? Country club adjacent. Country club adjacent. Yeah, so they done a video, lived it right the way through, and like the scenes, people taking the tops off, beer going on there. Class. You just couldn't ask for more. The music playing. You know what do you think on the music playing on backswings? You a bit circusy or a bit? Is that all right? Do you know what it's like? You know when you're trying to get asleep and there's a constant buzzing, and you can go to sleep. You're all right, but then if there's like you're going to sleep and then there's like a every now and again, it wrecks your head. For there to be like a silence and then a little thing that can put people off a camera thing or something awkward, but as if there's a constant noise, your brain like gets used to it. So it's sound, I think. And the players are embracing it as well, aren't they? Yeah. You see, Harold Varner the third was doing like his little dance to his music as his pre-shot routine, then just stepped up and hit it. 
Did you see that fella? I don't know who he is, but I've watched a couple. He's like a comedian, and like he he, he was there. I can't remember his name, but then he like he, he always does it with his top off. Yeah, no, and then mean. he walked up, just took his top off. He's like, I predict a hole in one on this hole. And then he like, it's the it's the shot. I don't know who he is, like, but he's mental. Yeah, no, I do know what you mean. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Is he an actor? I think he's a comedian. A comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a see because that was the that was the go to one, wasn't it? The Chase kept Grace. And then there was the twelfth hole that lived just in general as potentially being the birdie. Yeah. But I've gone for something completely different just because I thought it was unbelievable. I've gone for the belly flop into the pond on eighteen. Cole Pensanti, Vu's caddy, Vu won the Chevron Championship. Ah uh, right, major. okay. And obviously the tradition's always been to jump into Poppy's pond at Mission yeah. Hills, hasn't it? Obviously it's left Mission Hills now, but they wanted to keep that tradition going. So you, you just see Vu and then another lady, can't, I don't know who it was, jump in and then he just jumps in behind a big belly flop. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Vu, the one who was in Saudi, was challenging the same one? No. Not her? No, not her, no. This oh. is um, Lilia Vu, this. Ah, right, okay. The one that you're thinking of is the 16-year-old. Yeah, the young girl. That's what yeah. I thought, yeah, not her. No, no. No. Do you know what? We need to get right back into the ladies, don't we? We've, yeah. we've, been, we've lost touch with a little bit. Mm. Uh, Angel Yin, she was in the playoff, wasn't she? Yeah. I was playing in the group with her. She, she rips the ball there. She's a beast. Yeah. So that was my beard, yeah, just a bit of fun. Um, Boss? Could have been any one of them three, but I just thought, like, I just wasn't expecting at all, just seeing this big fella just come and belly flop at, right at the end. That's class. Oh, yeah, what's your bogey? My bogey is straight away now. You can, and obviously we already knew about it. But last week, Fitz getting Fitz getting three point six million for winning the yeah. elevated event. This week, the whole pace is eight point six. I mean, sorry, the Zurich, the whole pace is eight point six, and then this week it's like seven point nine. Yeah, million. Like, yeah, if that's not two tier. Then I don't know what is. I would think it's definitely the winner's pace getting half winner getting half the share of the next week's pace. It's like what the same with the ladies where uh, they're playing. The, what, the way I see the way I see this is remember a couple of months ago we were talking we about you've got a load of events on the DP World Tour now which are just sitting on like two million three million dollars mm. and it's just not quite enough for top level golf. No, we need to try and get a, a sort of a mini Rolex series going again, not as big as the Rolex where it's ten nine million but maybe like get it up to six and sevens yeah at like the italian open and the big european tour events like a, 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 a national open you should be a, able to live a comfortable life if you win a national open in golf of course yeah on like, the but really tour, yeah. what are you getting 300 grand yeah and you could probably spend half of it before you've moved well that's uh, and that's the point so i think what's happened here is these non-designated events have now become what that elevation to the dp world tour would have done to that tour so i read an interview on gulf news from adrian Moronk, and one of the things that he said was that is our main ambition for this season is to get his pj tour card of course so he's saying that when he was asked about his 2023 goals he said that he wants to get it and hopefully he'll get it through the top 10 rankings on the dp world tour so I suppose your options are now you stay on the DP World Tour, you pay for play for those two three million paces around Europe, and obviously now they're going over to to Asia as well. And you know if you play well enough, there's a possibility that you will get into the the Rolex events. Then the next stage from that is up to the non-designated events, where then you're playing for like you've just said there seven eight nine million. Yeah. And then obviously if you do well there, then you get up to the top tier, which is the designated events, where you pay for the twenty million. 
So it, it is a three-tiered system now. Yeah, no, it is. Do you know what another thing as well? When I was going to talk about that, about the the, um, the difference between all the tours, when you go on the PJ Tour app and you click the PJ Tour in the top left-hand corner and it brings down all the, like, the Corn Ferry, the PJ Latin America, PJ Canada, all of it, and then, like, all the way at the bottom, it says DP World Tour now. Oh, does it? Have you seen it? No. And it's like... Proper sticking it in the face that that's probably where they are in their books in their eyes. Strategic alliance, eh? A strategic alliance, mate. Yeah. What's your bogey? Mine was just on the point that you made last week about the missed opportunity for not having live on mainstream media Telly. in the UK. Yeah. In the UK, I think as well. I think it'll come though as it as it grows arms and legs. For somebody like BT Sports, this is a. I think it's a great opportunity. So what's stopping the likes of BT Sports from grabbing Live? Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe there's not enough events for, for them to grab it, but if they get Live and potentially Asian Tour and they could do them both together, I just think it would be it's a lot easier for us to sit down and watch Live if it's on the mainstream than going to look through it through an app. Yeah. Through the Live app or through YouTube. Or through it's not, YouTube, yeah. It's more getting used to the habits of going onto it, isn't it? it, it yeah. Uh, I don't know, I think the viewing numbers are, uh, are getting up though, aren't they? Like we're, Oh, definitely, yeah. People will start to do it. But obviously, you sold out one at 20,000 each day in Adelaide. And Adelaide's like arse end of nowhere in Australia as well. But there was a massive buzz for this one, weren't there, because of the 12th hole and because of it being a sellout. Well, Greg so people, Norman as well, Cam Smith going home. That's it, and people were like, I'll tune in just to see if the buzz is real, and it did live up to expectations. When live you lived it. up, live did live up, yeah. So, but I just think if it was on mainstream media, you sit down and no, of course, you put yeah. it on, it's just you, for me. I'm used to just put. I know it's only a couple more buttons to put YouTube on, I suppose, but I prefer if it was on mainstream media. No, and it'll never mind us because it's like we're avid golf fans, and we'll try and find it on YouTube. But the the average person just flicking through the telly, you want to stumble across. Live golf, you do, yeah. like you can stumble across Major League Baseball or like whatever the rest of it, can't you? And you think, oh, this is all right. Yeah. Or basketball, women's basketball or something. Man, you just end up watching it, don't you? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> so like you could easily just be an unsuspecting viewer of live golf. Yeah, it? But definitely. It's being talked about more and more, isn't it? Yeah. What's your bust? Well, it's no surprise, and it's not the first time, won't be the last time, but the rules of golf. Okay. Again. Yeah. Wilson Fair. It's very um, unfair what happened to it him. It is, yeah. What? Very unfair. In life, in the fuck, is that the honour on about here? Uh, obviously, the rules of golf are there so people don't gain an advantage. Like, what advantage do you gain off jumping in a buggy and just being drove? Was it to the next tee, was it? Well, basically... The, the same people that took him from the first, no, from the range to the 10th were waiting and said, do you want to lift from the 10th to the 18th because he played it, to the 10th to the first because he played it, back yeah. nine first. Ninth to the first. No, no, the 10th to the, f- the 18th to the first, sorry. Right, yeah. Because he played the back, back nine, nine first. first yeah. yeah, 18th to the first. It must, be, it must be a different, the way you finish it, obviously it must be miles from each other because it's the other way around. And yeah, three of them all jumped in. And they all got two-shot penalties. That is just beyond belief, that isn't it? Like... What advantage do you gain from that? If, if anything, it's better because it speeds up play. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's, if it's if you... in When they were playing over in Thailand the other week, there was an island green that he's expected to swim over. Exactly. Not, they jump on a boat or something and they go over to the green and they finish it and they come back. 
And they, they can bend the rules to use a bushel on that one hole. It's like, come on. And what did it cost them? It, well, it's cost him his job. He's, 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 well, it said he's like knocked down the rankings. He missed the court and now he's... Considering he, quitting. He, no, he could lose his card on the corn ferry. It's just, it's not necessary, is he it? Said, he, he come out saying like, today was going to be one of the biggest rounds of my life and now it just, like, it sucks like I'm, I'm finished. It leaves a bit of taste in your mouth on the, on the sport though, doesn't it? It's disgusting. Fair enough, if you do something with a golf ball or you do something on the course, you know, you you ground your club in a bunker by accident, it's harsh, but penalties are penalties for a reason because you don't want to get a, of an unfair advantage. But getting in a buggy and being drove from A to B, albeit it's not you're not supposed to do it, you like, don't need to hand out What rule is that under? No idea. Like, there's only 34 rules, isn't there? Like, and subsections, where, like, it's under, like, gaining a, an unfair advantage or something. What's the advantage there? You're not walking as far. I don't know what the advantage is. There's no advantage. I don't know what's going on. You're there quicker so you can have a nose about. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, it's the same as like, if someone had a trolley and someone had a caddy, are they gaining advantage on you because you've got to pull your own trolley? There's no argument to it. It just shouldn't exist. Oh, it's shite. Awful. Disgusting. Go on. What's your bust? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about disgusting. This is personal preference because you know what I'm like with my hygiene and food going off and sell-by dates and all that, but just not into the shoey, me. Oh, mate, that's an Australian tradition. I know it is. And do you know what? Fair play to anyone that can do it, but for me, I just couldn't think of anything worse than taking off a sweaty shoe, pouring beer into it and drinking. Like, that just crosses every line See what's mad about me and you, right? I don't mind the shoey part of it, but do you know what I hate? My socks being wet. Like, I hate it. Like, sometimes when you wash dishes and there's a bit of water on the floor, if I step in the water, like, it pisses me off to the utmost. I get why they're doing it. It's just a bit of fun and banter and whatever. But for me, like, you know what I'm like? If something's the day before the sell by date, I struggle to eat it, don't I? Well, there's a UFC fighter from Australia called Tai Tuivasa. Yeah. And he calls himself Tai Shuivasa. He shoeys every time he wins, yeah. Yeah, just not for me. I just couldn't do it, mate. There's no way I could do that. No? Not a chance. I could not take off my shoe or somebody else's shoe because it's class what they were doing. Cam Smith went up on the DJ to the Fisher, didn't he? And took a, and took a shoey off him on the DJ set at, yeah. at, after the course. Bryson done it on the range. Like, they were all getting banged into it. It was class to watch, but just for me, it's just... What about a fresh shoe, then? Yeah, fresh shoe's different, isn't it? Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. It's more the hygiene of the sweat and the feet and... Even my own, I just couldn't do it. I wouldn't like yours is probably the worst about. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the worst point, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, I see what you mean, but it's a proper Aussie thing. I don't know who invented that, like, but obviously some psycho. Just um, yeah. on to live Adelaide then. Go on. Then. Let's have a little review of the tournament itself. The main attraction was that twelfth hole. Yeah, but it had everything that it. It's built up. Well, yeah, especially like. Taylor Gooch coming out shooting 62, 62, 20 under. Like they're saying, like golf's finished in there. But we did say, didn't we? Like, are, we, are they going to set the course up easy? And then Gooch comes out and does that. Yeah. Like, I, I had a look, and after two rounds, he was 20 under. And there was a good group bunch that one was 10 under, and there was a load at 9 and 8. Yeah, under, well, so. without, if we're starting the third round without Gooch, there was a good six players, six or seven players, like from 10 under to think, yo. But then Gooch started making it a bit interesting. 
like he made a hash of the eighth. That that chip that come back round like went back into the crowd. Yeah, he knocked one nearly out of bounds. Well, that's you know people say. Well, no people who, who discount live. They they say don't they? That's a circus. It's a. It is in one point, but at the same time, you still if you win, you're getting four point two million. So it's like that's what I mean. But it's, that's it, the, the, the nerve setting. Yeah, of yeah, course, of course yeah, so. million percent. And the fact that there's a, I know Taylor Gooch is nowhere near the relegation part of things, but there is a relegation out of it. So if you're not performing, you can lose your spot. Well, and it goes to show, like if if players, no people say players are not that too concerned about living the regret and decisions and whatever. But like if you really regretted your decision and live. You just go out for a year, take your money, play crap, get relegated, and go back, wouldn't you? Yeah, you do what you want. That's, that's an out if you yeah. wanted to get out. Obviously, players are trying their hardest to go out and win them tournaments. And you can maybe see... that's what Kim's doing. <laughs> yeah, he's had another shock. Oh, what was he? I think he was like fifteen over, sixteen over, wasn't he? Yeah, on a course like that, where it's gettable. Well, if someone's twenty under, and you're fifteen over, and you're fifteen or fourteen over, come on. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what he finished on, but just that's what I've seen like through two rounds. So Kepka there, ten under for two rounds, and he's ten back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's unheard of, isn't it? But it just shows the level that Gooch was playing to. Oh, because course, you can yeah. say that the course is set up as easy as you want, but ultimately you've still got to go out and, and shoot that round. And to shoot twenty under for two rounds is pretty much unheard of, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's a million percent. So has anyone ever followed the sixty like does anyone be in twenty under for two rounds? Oh, not that I know of. No, neither do I. Fact check that one, but not yeah. that I know of, no. But it was the, an unbelievable event. One of, like, say, 12th was the, the showcase. The self was the showcase, but I think um, Cameron Tringale should have been fine for them socks. Did you see them? Like, he had, like, black yeah. knee length. Or ankle, like, what, were <laughs> Get there. He should be fine. But another good thing as well, nice little touch. Bubba Watson came, came and gave Taylor Gucci a, a necklace, a big square, like, you know, what the rappers have yeah, with yeah. range goats on it. Did he? Yeah, so but I didn't then see that. the uh, the the range goats I think they were like forty two under or something. Yeah, but then the four aces took it down forty five under. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Pat Perez had, a, had a, like I know we always he was say challenging again. Yeah. yeah, he was challenging up there, and then he held his put on the twelfth and went bananas, yeah. all drinks flying and everything. Like he was running around celebrating it. Harry Higgs style. Yeah, it was great. I was waiting for him to take his top off. <laughs> he should have, shouldn't he? But yeah. Just to stick it to them. No, but you're right and that Peter Uline, he like we said last week, he's the most consistent golfer. He's had his fourth top ten in a row in the first He had hundred and twenty odd yards into a par five. Like come he on. Bombs it. Bit much that isn't it? Yeah we did say it was gettable gettable yeah. Good event. It worked. It's it, it, <laughs> the adrenaline now not the adrenaline the momentum. <laughs> <laughs> the adrenaline of twelve, the momentum now pushing on to um, live Singapore and what what live have got going for them at the moment. This well, is yeah, back to back weeks. We we'll see how how it all fares up really because it's usually a little break and then they're on. But now they're straight back into the Sentosa Golf Club yeah. in Singapore, which is I've never seen it or heard of it. But of looking at the pitches, it looks heavy, doesn't it? It does look like it's going to be a, a tough one, yeah. Because yes, yeah, so it's seven thousand four hundred and six yards, and there's just water everywhere. You've got the big skyscrapers in the background, it really is an unbelievable course to look at. Like I mentioned there, you've got Uline, who's leading the leading the way on the individual, and the four aces leading the team standing. So again, four aces dominating. Phil Mickelson picked up his first set of points. He got three points this week. So this looks like it's going to be a much tougher test than yeah. what they were facing in Adelaide. I, know they, I think they needed to make it like a little bit more... 
like fun and in, like they didn't want to set the course up. Like Aussies don't want to be seeing all three putts and like people asking around. They want to see action. Yeah, and, what, like, that's what they got. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm looking forward to this one again. As the same momentum's in the way I live, isn't it? Oh, a million percent. So before we look at the first women's major of the year and the PJ tour, should we look at the ISPS hander again yeah. on the on the topic of Australian golf? Lucas yeah, Herbert got by, over yeah. the inaugural event in Japan. Lucas yeah. Herbert took it down. Pew dog on the bag. Well, yeah, he had some um, nice words to say about Pew dog and his uh, after the round, didn't he? he said, what did he say? Well, he had no preparation for the tournament heading into it. Dog had to turn up and, and do all the work, and he said that we were arguing because he was saying, I, I don't think it goes that way. And like, Dog was adamant, I've been on the course, I know what would, I know what I'm doing. And what's, Luke, what's Lucas going off to from the plane? <laughs> I think it was just like reading puts and stuff. He said, like, it doesn't go that way, and he was like, Yeah, it doesn't look like it goes that way, but it, it, it's a tricky one, and must just be one of them type of courses where it looks as going well, that's good, isn't it? Like, it just shows you that the the caddy getting out there and doing the work and being. In the know is massive, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely earned his wages that week. If you look at how far Lucas Herbert's come in a short space of time, he was 23 over for two rounds at the players. Crazy, Dead last, shot 82-85. So to turn that round in such a short space of time, to be playing like that, to then turn up and actually win a DP World Tour event. Yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? That Like that same pattern of... Win a DP World Tour event, goes to PJ Tour, do mediocre, then end up coming back, winning again, and then sort of making you, you jumping the ladder a little bit slower. Yeah. Well, Herbert was a bit different because he won on the PJ no, Tour. No, no, he, he won, but like he he didn't really, like, wasn't very consistent, was yeah, he? Yeah, didn't cement He's not up there every week. I know he got the job done, but. Well, that, it, it is a, it is a, another level up, isn't of it? Of course, yeah, you but know, that's what I mean. But then the... as soon as you, like, you, like, the way, like, a few people go over, like I think Matt Wallace. Obviously, he plays a bit more over there, don't he? But then he's got to win at like a, a lesser event, and then now he's got a chance to like sort of cement himself and start winning a maybe a bigger event. And that's what will be so interesting about these designated events last year, because you've got a load of players on the PJ Tour who do just hover around sixty to ninety every yeah. year. They don't win a lot. They maybe win one every three years or one every four years or whatever, but they don't win a lot. But they do always keep the tour card. They earn a yeah. hell of a living. So now you're changing the scope of it. Those players who are like 60th to 70th will go into these non-designated events that the top players don't play as favourites. No, of course, yeah, million percent. So it'll be interesting to see whether they can get more championships over the line yeah no they, they definitely will yeah but it was the first ever co-sanctioned event with the DP World Tour and Japan Tour we spoke last week didn't we about yeah. the top three and the Japan Tour get a card for for the DP World Tour and that pathway so 42 uh, year old uh, Hiroshi Iwata he finished the highest ranked fifth player tied fourth in the end it was yeah he picked up a check for 84,000 which is his third highest in his career he finished 21st in the PJ Champs and took home 89k. And the highest pace the ever won was the WGC in 2014. Um, the HSBC Championships, he took home just over 300k. 
Nice. Yeah, so for, for, for players like him, 42 years of age, getting the opportunity to play and earning 84k, it's potentially life-changing for them, isn't it? Of course, yeah. Well, it definitely gives you the, the rest of the season worry-free, really, doesn't it? If you, well, yeah, if, you... if he's carrying a season on, at the, I don't know where he's playing at the moment, but if he is generally playing in the, on the Japan tour, then he won't be playing for nowhere near that kind of money, so that's... No, but it won't be that, that kind of money to be getting the events and staying and all that. It probably will be quite a bit, but... At least he's got some sort of backing to go to the next few events. Yeah, and then there were six Japanese players in total that finished in the top 20, so uh, good turnout for the Japanese crowd, really. Great event, and they'll well, probably be back there, won't they? It's good that they're staying in Asia and like they're seeing a bit more of like these things. You know, obviously, we'll come on to it in a bit, but it comes back to... We'll come on to it now. Come on to it now. Yeah. It's going back to Korea for the first time in 10 years. Yeah, yeah at the Jack Nicholas Golf Club, another... Picturesque course, loads looks of water. Amazing, looks amazing, doesn't it? Yeah. 7,472 yards. Yeah, par 72, yeah. So it's a bit of a beast, but... Two million pairs in total. Still quite low, isn't it? If you look at it now, so the DP World Tour and the PJ Tour have created the Strategic Alliance. Mm. That's created a relationship with the KPGA, um, and it sees the KPGA Genesis Points Awards winner, so that's the top of their order of merit. Uh, in membership onto the DP World Tour for the following season. Mm-hmm. So you've got for on the KPGA, you've got a pathway for one player at the top of that tour to get onto the DP World Tour. On the Japan Tour, you've got three players, top three, get onto the DP World Tour. So it's getting more Asian players onto the DP yeah. World Tour, which is then creating a pathway if they finish top ten to then get. So if they're good enough, it might take a, a longer time, but you potentially got players from Asia coming over. Um, and, and getting a pathway through to the PJ Tour through those tiers. So, mentioned them before, they're playing for two million. If this Korean Championship was playing for seven, six or seven million, similar to what the Mexican Open is on the PJ Tour this year, would there be more top-ranked players coming to Korea to play that? Get the get more crowds there, or are they happy to keep this as two million? Keep the DP World Tour on that level where it is a progression tour to the what would now be the second tier on the PJ tour and ultimately get into the designated events which is tier one in world golf mm. so but before this happened when if they what happened on the Korean order of merit they didn't get into the they got nothing for that for winning the deep for, for winning, winning the Korean the, like the Korean or the Japanese tour last year no, this is all new yeah. from the what, strategic alliance. You just get any starts or anything like that? I remember there was something about I'd it, imagine, wasn't I, I don't know, to be honest. We'll have to fact check so that. It's not a guarantee, it wasn't a guarantee progression. It wasn't like a progression. card. You get yeah. a full card for it now. So what's coming to light through all of this is that strategic alliance between the DP World Tour and the PJ Tour. It's providing a pathway to get the best players in the world to the PJ Tour. Yeah, of course. So if you've got an unbelievable talent on the Korean Tour and they finish top, and then they go on to the DP World Tour, mm. then they play the next calibre of talent, and they get through that, and then they play the designated. But it's like a four-year pathway. Yeah, it's unless a bit... There's a way to, uh, unless, unless you're really like a Tom Kim, and you just rise straight through, because you might you can see the talent, and you get... It's a four-year, if you finish top, 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 like 310, yeah. top 50. Which has always been the difficulty. But then, if you, if you go, if you're fourth... And then you're eleventh, and then you it could be ten years. Yeah, and this has always been the the case in the UK, hasn't it? And the on the European tour through the way we see it, you know, it's top five cards on the Euro Pro, 
got a place on the Challenge Tour, mm-hmm. and then it was top 15, now it's top 20 on the Challenge Tour, they get a DP World Tour card. So there was a pathway there, but it was so difficult because there were so many golfers. Yeah. Now if you want to get on the DP World Tour, you can go to the Japan Tour, get your card on the Japan Tour, and if you finish top three in Japan, you can then go and get your card. So the easiest way to get your card, well, not easiest, but the, the tour that's offering the most DP World Tour cards is the Challenge Tour. Yeah. So the Challenge Tour is the main feeder tour to the DP World Tour. If you're on that tour and you're playing well, the likelihood is you get into the DP World Tour the following season. But yeah. if you're just a starting pro and you have got some financial backing, there is other pathways to take to get onto the DP World Tour. Yeah, no, a million percent. So. That's good. But yeah, I mentioned um, earlier about some, some Twitter debates. David Horsey sent a tweet out uh, saying that he got the last space in Korea and he's obviously going to go over and, uh, and play the event this week, uh, flying straight over from the UK. Um, but that's not the tweet I want to discuss. He later had some views on the Live DP World Tour debate that I just want to get your thoughts on. So he says, I've no issues with players choosing to play Live, but I do have an issue with the defamation and disrespecting of tours and players that gave them a platform to create their brand in the first place and then think it's fine to just come back and play when it suits. So on the back of that, Lee Westwood's come and said, I've played on the tour for over 30 years. That's what I was going to say, fair enough. Yeah. And that's always been the case. Like Top players have come and pick and, cho- pick, pick and choose which events they want to play. It's right though, isn't it? Like, they haven't. Like, it's, it's like on the PGA Tour, if... It's like someone said, it's like Rory and say Rory, maybe not Rory so much, but like say Homer, um, Shoffley, Cantley, and whoever else, Matt Fitzpatrick, decide that they want to play Mexico and it knocks a couple of the people who are coming in out, then unlucky. Well, I think, yeah, if you look at it. I know he's saying it because it's live and it's against it, blah, blah, but really. The, if they've earned the right to be there. They've yeah, earned they the right to to be able to. They've been a member of the tour, and they can if they want to play, they can they can play. And players have always left DP World Tour in the past and gone and played PJ Tour and came back. Exactly, they? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think it was. Um... Well, is he pissed as well, or <laughs> <laughs> what do you think on it? I agree. Yeah, I think. I've always said, haven't I? Because of where the DP World Tour is at the moment. Um, we've just mentioned it on this podcast again that the tiered system and the pathway to the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour needs as many star names as we want to call yeah, them needs to play on that tour as as often as possible. So if you can get uh, Brooks Kepka, a any player from Live, you know, even like Lee Westwood, Paul Casey, Poltz. you know, Polter, get them playing on tournaments on the DP World Tour. It's going to strengthen that field and it's going to make it more of a product that people want to watch because they're household names yeah so i think that yeah they should be able to play dp world tour mm-hmm. lives alive mate Live Live is alive, is mate. alive. right yeah. chevron championship new yeah. home for the women's major this year yeah obviously it was at whistling Straits, but it's now moved to the club at carlton woods or just standard always there got a six-year deal now with right. chevron so the chevron championship is always going to be at this event now yeah, it I, was. I, I, what do you think of that what, what are your thoughts on like sticking a major out a gaff for a bit obviously we've Works got the masters Augustus, yeah that's because it's only one but imagine like 
Rory Liverpool had the open for six years. I'd be happy with that. Sound like I know, but like, it, <laughs> no, it, yeah. you get me? Like, for, like course-wise and set-up. And... It, works, it works for one major. Just one? I think so. I think it works for one because you've got the t- traditions. Like, Poppy's Pond was always a tradition at Mission Hills, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, that that everybody knows that final hole and the winner runs and jumps into Poppy's Pond. It's yeah. like a tradition. The same, it's the same type it's of It's something tradition. that happens and you know that you're going to get out of the winner. Of course, yeah. So, I think... That works for one major, like you say. If there was every major was at Royal Liverpool, and every major was at Brookline, and every major was at Pebble Beach, you'd get bored of it, wouldn't you? If they were all at the same one, the uh, fact that it's why do you not think so? No, I don't know. I, that's why I asked the question. I'm just, I'm just sort of debating it, thinking, would it be cool to see? Like. You'd have to pick the right course. I know, there's nowhere special enough, is there really? Like, almost special. special. Yeah, you've got yeah. Amen Corner, you've got the traditions, and, you know... Yeah, no phones, it re- and it replays every, yeah. It replays how people have, like, crumbled on 12, coming down the stretch, putting it in the water, doing certain things. It's in and, pristine condition. Even the members can only play it, like, 12 times a year yeah. or something. Yeah, Augustus, so. Augustus, there's just something special about yeah, it. Div- Magnolia yeah. Lane, the... The dinner, the jacket presentation, and the butler's cabin. There's just so many yeah. different traditions about it. I think, in order to do that for the rest of the majors, would get a bit. Yeah, now I just wonder what what your, th- what your thoughts were on it. Yeah, one's enough. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But Lim Kim, who won the 2020 U.S. Open, was heading down 18, needing eagle to um, get herself into a playoff. And Hosel rocketed it straight into the low right rough. Still made a par, but it was the best shank. Reports on the ground even said that it was the purest of shanks. The noise was first class. <laughs> it was straight off the hosel. I missed that. Yeah, straight off that the hosel. That is great, that. Yeah. Obviously went for it in two on the par five, and it's just come straight off the hosel. No way. Fantastic stuff, yeah. But it was Lilia Vu wins no, the yeah. first major yeah. um, after the playoff over... Your mate Angel Yin. Angel Yin, yeah. Very yeah. yeah. well, nice for, for her to get. She's actually going to come and do a podcast, actually. We need to touch base. Well, yeah, definitely. That's a second runner-up place, that. Second runner-up uh, finish in a, in a major championship. Yin goes for it in two, doesn't she? Puts it in the ponds in, in the playoff hole. And then, basically, Vu, as long as she didn't make any mistakes, was going to win it. Ends up birdie in the hole, rolls that put in. An emotional one, as I mentioned on my birdie, belly flops all going on but it's been quite a rise for Vu she um, she played at UCLA but considered quitting the game after a rough start to a pro career then she obviously regrouped won three times on the Epson tour in 2021 had a solid 22 before a breakthrough in February with a victory at the LPGA Thailand Sick. so she only won a first LPGA tour event this February and now she's gone on to, to win a major she entered the event 12th in the world this week so it just shows you doesn't it like, yeah the ra- you can rise quick can't you you can rise, I rise up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can rise quick and, and you can tumble quick especially with the way the rankings are and the way they do everything now it's it's mental isn't it but congratulations Phil. yeah definitely $765,000 for that win the pace of 5.1 million was the largest ever for this major boss mm, so women's golf on the rise more than the Saudi money isn't it right then Um Shall we look at the Zurich of New Orleans Championship then? Duval and Daly struggled, mate. Dead last. Dead last, 14 over. I know. Unlucky. You nearly had... Prediction of the year. The prediction of the history of the podcast. I know. So, 
They were nine or ten under for round one. Ten tied, under. Ten under, tied. Round two. Let it go a bit. Let it go a bit. Round three faded off. Round Question three, ten for again. you. Round two faded off. Round three. Ten under again. And then round four. Faded. Faded again. Forsums killed them. Yeah. So, what I want to say to you is, if Matt Fitzpatrick and Alex had won that, would that have been a case of too much too soon for young Alex to get a PGA Tour membership? I don't really... Would I, he have took he's played. He's played a good few DP World Tour events, and to be fair to him, made the cut in the majority. Yeah. So, it'd be unfair to say too much too soon, because you just don't know how talented the kid is. He played Walker Cup before he turned pro. He's obviously a top quality player. I'd like to see him just establish himself on the DP World Tour, and see how he, he fares but you know if you're going to well, be interesting to see like what the family would have thought about it like what Matt would have said to him like listen you know you've got that here but like you haven't really like it's a team like don't go back and well, do well, this and, well, and where's he actually pl- where's his tour what's he on well he hasn't got a DP World Tour card that's what moment. I mean so yeah. what's he's he on he's turned pro this year hasn't he so like that, that's what I'm saying if he's just flying in and getting a PJ Tour card within five seconds well, this is what I was saying. It's gonna. It would have been like the fastest rise. Either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Would it have been a little bit too much? Potentially, but you've also got to look at the fact that they come out of college and just fly in, don't they? Well, yeah, it's yeah. happened in the past, but not just that. He, if he's playing on the PGA Tour and he can schedule his schedule around Matt as well and play in the same events, then they can practice together. They can play together. They've obviously got a very strong relationship, haven't they? Yeah. So you know, does Matt bring them on? Two or three years just by being there and giving them Maybe, the guidance. Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, could have been. Could have been. I suppose it's a. You'll never know. No, but I think he's obviously a talented golfer. You can see that from the start that he's had in his amateur career. But it, like we always say in the past, it is a totally different pond. Oh, there. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how, how he does go because he's more than likely going to get a few more invitations to the DP World Tour. I'd say so, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Which is because we're going to be. After this week in Korea, it's Italian Open at um, Simeone, where the Ryder Cup's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then it's in mainland Europe right the way through then, yeah, through the Ryder Cup. So it's a proper European tour, as they say. The way they set the course up, it, it seemed like another one. Like It looked short, a lot of short irons, a lot of hole-outs, a lot of like people chipping in, a lot of like easy flag positions, I don't know. It just seemed need, like every single yeah. every single shot you, when you're relying on your partner to like do something when you watch it, it just seemed like they produce when needed. And I think that, that shows in the... I know we just mentioned there the Fitzpatricks didn't perform well in the foursomes, but I think the foursomes... Uh, Fact-check this because I haven't checked it, but I, from looking at the scorings, it's probably a record low number on the foursomes there. Yeah, and the easier the course is, the easier it is. For, of course, yeah. Al- but like, shots. what was it? Thirty under that he finished or twenty? Yeah, thirty under. Thirty yeah. under. It's like if that individual, it's it's close to the record. Then I was there. I think you had thirty one or thirty two. Thirty six at the Century Tournament of the Champions. Is that what it was? Thirty six. Yeah. John Rahm had thirty five and still got beat by Cam Smith. Remember? The yeah. Century. Wow. So that yeah. So obviously that's completely different as well, isn't it? Because it's just. You're in Hawaii and it's the balls going miles and then Driving it's all that, that yeah, yeah, it's mad. But like you could the way the scoring set up there, it's when there's just so many people twenty odds under, wasn't it? 
Well, I said last week and looking at the scoring over the years that where you where the winner will come from is how they perform in foursomes. Yeah. Because, you know, in order to challenge you're gonna have to shoot eight, nine, ten under on the four balls, which is it's it's seen, but nobody shot lower scores than the defending champions. They were fifteen under in the foursomes, but ironically, only eleven under for better ball. It was just crazy. Yeah, Shuffler didn't seem like he was stiff in a couple, but then he had a few wayward ones. And then when they when they were like dovetailing, like Cantley was knocking the putts in, but then in like the better ball, I don't know. He just seemed to miss a few, we and I don't know. Maybe he was getting hurried, hurried up. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe that did. But Adam Hadwin and uh, Nick Taylor, like they they were just on fire. Yeah. And then like Taylor missed a little tiddler. On 17, but then Davis Riley holds that puff from off the green yeah. on 17, and then that ends up being the like the, the turning Side point, factor, and yeah. like that puff ends up being worth like seven and a half hundred thousand. Yeah, like it's it's crazy the margins, isn't it? Well, yeah, you know we we mentioned about the Fitzpatrick's didn't we getting that win for Alex, what it would do for them, but it's also similar for Nick Hardy and Davis Ryan. Yeah, life-changing. That's their maiden PJ Tour Exactly, yeah, I was going to talk about that, yeah. Two-year exemption. Boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy what you get it for that event, for have been a pairs event, and it's but fair play to them. We look at Nick Hardy, he's 39th in the FedEx Cup now after that victory. Um, he missed six of his last eight cuts heading into this, this event. That's a real team up with your mate, have a bit of a buzz, walk out music, have change a laugh. your whole season. Yeah, change everything, change your life. Yeah, exactly. Because like, Davis Riley last season, he competed a couple of times and nearly got one over the line. Yeah, didn't he? remember he, he was he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he had a top ten in the Arnold Palmer earlier this year, but again this year he hasn't really done much. Missed no. a few cuts and being when he's made the cut, he's been in between like thirtieth and fiftieth. It hasn't really done enough to to, to get one over the line. So no. to see them both. Having mediocre seasons, this is the second full year as PJ Tour players, and then to get this over the line, that pressure's off now for two years. Class, it's could you see it? a Davis Riley now rise into the top fifty or a Nick Hardy and get in the designated events? I mean, you Riley could, but it'd be quite hardy. <laughs> Out of nowhere. You really could, but it'd be quite hardy. <laughs> Pretty sick, you know. Uh, Bring us nicely on to Mexico, then. Nicely on to Mexico. Fantasy Golf League is back. So, just a question. I've Googled this and I couldn't find the answer. Is this where they used to have WGCs, Mexico's? Has it gone for, like, the, the event in Mexico? Yeah. Where they used to go out and it'd be a WGC, which is massive. Uh, does this Mexican Open replace it? Yeah. Yeah, basically, and then it, and then like it, the the fields limited, to say the least. Well, th- this is what happens when you put a two tiered system in. Like, like this, this is the thing, well, that's what I was going to come on to. That's why it's going to be the, bogey. It's there's like the, there's the travel implications as well. Travel, yeah. You look at this week. There's three top fifty players in the world. Yeah, including the world number one, and there's only seven top one hundred players in the world playing in this field this week. Yeah, that is limited. Very limited. Yeah. Like you talk about atmospheres and all the rest of it. It's well, this like is why John Ram is so like he, he's, scouse. He just he just leads the field in integrity, being like an inspiration yeah. for the next generation. Because 
Last year, speaking in 2020, what he said was, I came this week because I wanted to. I'd spoken at length about the importance of Seve Ballesteros and his his impact on the game of golf and how I play because of him. Nowadays, we have a much bigger reach. The PGA Tour has become a bigger tour, and with social media, we're worldwide stars, bigger than they were in the past. I feel like I can make the same impact in Mexico as well, and Mexico deserves a good event. That's why he went last year, and that's why he's back again this year, because... Yeah. You know, there is opportunity. Last year, there was a, 10 Mexican players participating in the PJ Tour event, which was a record. It was history. In, and then again, this year, I don't think there's as many as 10, but there's more opportunity for college um, athletes, who, Mexic- Mexican athletes who, who are playing in the in the field this week. So if Ram doesn't win last year, do you think he's still there? don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um but you know what? Like maybe, maybe. And what's it's interesting? A, you know, about... Sorry, just before uh, since John Rams won the Masters, yeah. he's been he's played RBC. the RBC. He's been in the commentary booth, yeah, doing a little bit, and then he's been on that podcast in the Green Jacket. Now he's going to Mexico. Like he's a legend, isn't he? This is what I mean. Yeah, he is the standard. He's slowly becoming my favourite golfer. You know? Same. He is the standard. It, it's interesting as well. Like when he won it here last year, it was. It ended the run of 17 events without a win. It was almost a year without a, without yeah. a victory. Then he yeah. went on to, to do what he'd done for the rest of the season. But since then, the, he's won four this this year, hasn't he, already? Mm-hmm. And he's entered this event as a four-time champion. Now, in similar circumstances, Scheffler had won four events last season, including the Masters. And he went on then, Scotty, to not win any more for the remainder of the year. Nice. Can you see... A similar scenario for Ramo? Do you just think he's like level above or? No, absolutely not. I, I like, like Scotty just burst onto the scene. Like, I'm not saying he's a flash in the pan, but he he, he hit fire, didn't he? Yeah. Whereas John's been playing well for years, hasn't he? Yeah. Like dating back to when he won the U.S. Open, like when he's won Memorial and got pulled out because of the COVID. When he won, yeah, he, he right, beasted yeah. somewhere else, didn't he? And yeah. then. He's won obviously four times, including the Masters. Like, uh, he's going to roast this event <laughs> anyway. I think one of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? You said that many words in the last five seconds. I don't know what you're even saying. One of the issues with ban and live golfers from the oh, PJ yeah. Tour is the fact that A. Banson and Carlos Ortiz can't play in their national open. Yeah. That's one of them. I know there is a drawback. I think you were looking for there, you know, before drawback. Yeah, drawback. Just couldn't get that one word out. And when you're doing a podcast, if you can't get that one word out, yeah, just go scramble, scramble. Yeah. But yeah, so I think one of the drawbacks with banning the players, (laughs) (laughs) is that you know it's it's their national open. I know that they've got I know they've got live Mexico now, so they are getting the opportunity to go and play in front of the home fans, but. It would have been good to see um, Awen Ortiz out there this week, wouldn't it? But yeah. they have got a, a number of different Mexicans playing this week, so it'd be interesting to see how they all go on, including a number of um, collegiate players, like yeah. I said there from the from the Vidanta Villarata. Yeah, par seventy one, seven thousand four hundred and fifty six of your finest yards. Yeah, bit of a beast for for from a distance. You got to hit the ball a long way. Yeah, um, especially there's a two tee start, is there? I haven't looked, is that what yeah, it is? I think yeah. there's a 2T start, so if you're starting on that 10th hole, it was ranked the 8th t- toughest hole on tour last year, 500 yard par 4, so 
a nervous star for some players. Yeah, and there's a couple of long par threes, and then there's a couple of there's a very a good amount of long par. I was say very long, very long much. I was going to say then it's <laughs> gone. There's a few long, well over into the high four hundreds par fours. So the key is scoring from one seventy five to two fifty. Yeah, I've gone for. Don't ever follow my picks, ladies and gentlemen, wow. because yeah. I am propping up the field only one ahead of Nige who didn't even play one of the weeks. <laughs> you would have been bottom if Nige didn't play that. Oh, week. my daisy chain. I haven't done too, too well myself, so I'm open this week. So, obviously, for, the, for those playing the Fantasy Golf League, this is the final event of the first month order of merit. Yeah. Uh, points, obviously, will still roll on for the overall starting next month but whoever the top point scorer is this week will win the £50 cash yeah. and second place will get a £30 appear on gift card so it's quite tight at the top there it um, is but you know what though the, we can only go off what has happened I think if we stick to our routine and stick to what we know million percent it'll it'll benefit us in the long run if I don't get more than 100 points this week if I get 5 points this week right <laughs> <laughs> I am going back to like Luke List. We'll have to um, Davil Davies. We might have to introduce this live relegation where you could be out, you know. <laughs> and once you're out the fancy, you're out the podcast. Honestly, the new I'll get. I'm, I'll quit. <laughs> I will quit. No, but you're right though. It, it, it's it's a long track, and I think the distance is its main protection on this course. But you're also it, it's 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 a coastal course as well, so the wind can get up. Yeah. I've looked at the weather forecast before doing my picks and. It's thirty degrees every day. No, not a sight of wind really. Um, I know John Ram won last year with seventeen under, but with no wind, the way these guys hit it, you probably are looking at a bit of a birdie fest mm. if you can keep the ball in play. So it's quite generous off the tee, but as I say, if you do miss the fairways, you are going to be in a lot of trouble. So you know, if you're on the fairway, you're perfect. If you're missing, you're in that rough. And you're coming, you're coming at it from 175, 180 yards. You can see why hitting the fairway is a premium around this track, definitely. Nine of the top 15 were in the top 10 in strokes gained off the tee last year, which included John Rahm. So I, I've gone for a similar thing to you by the sound of things. Proximity to the hole from over 200 yards and distance off the tee are my main two mm-hmm. um, that I've gone for when I've gone for my picks this week. So, should we get into it? Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? I think we've probably we've probably got two. I mean, if you haven't picked John Ram, what are you even doing here? If you like, if you haven't picked John Ram, what are you even doing it? He actually leads the PJ Tour in proximity from two hundred to two hundred twenty-five. He leads yards the proximity, anyway. and he leads the world in best golf. <laughs> first in strokes gained, first scored on average. Third greens and regulation, second put on world number one. Saying. Tournament favourite, FedEx number one, world number one, 14 to 5 is the price. It's not even about if you win, it's about how many you'll win by, in it? I don't know, do you know what Tony Finau can have a do? Yeah, I suppose, but the the form that Ram's in at the moment. I know, but it, it was the same when he went to like Tenerife and then he just like made a mess of it, didn't he? Yeah, I suppose. But no, nah, not over there in the, in the weather and all that, he'll beast it, I think. Pot two. So, pot two, I have gone for. So, he's 134th in the FedEx, 345th in the world, which obviously is the best, 100 to 1. 
but his approach play from 100 to 100, 175 to 200 yards, he was 40th, and he was his most greens hit from 225 yards approach play on the on his stats. Charlie Hoffman. Ah, the Hoff. Yeah, strokes gained 133, which isn't the best. But he's coming off a couple of made cuts, which is like more than I can say for most of part two when I was looking. Well, it's difficult this week, I say. You yeah, tied 19th at the Zurich and then tied 22nd at the Valero. And he's 58th in driving distance. Yeah. So all that's combined. When I went through, I had a couple of people who had a bit better stats, but they were all coming off a load of missed cuts. And I was just thinking, nah. No. Charlie Hoffman's my boy. There you go. I've gone for, as I say, the stats. So, approach to the green from 200 yards, driving distance, and obviously just driving in total. So, my pot two is 110 to 1, Augusto Nunes. He's fifth in approach to the green from 200 to 225. So, that's the statistic that John Rahm leads. He's ninth in approach over 200 yards on the nice. PGA Tour. He's 23rd in driving distance at 308 yards, so one of, one of the biggest hitters on tour. And he's 60th in strokes gain, strokes gain total for driving for the season. Never even heard of me. I haven't. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. He's, he has been about on the tour this year. I think he's no one of the ones who got us. Um, he got through from the corn ferry last year. Oh, uh, right, okay. Yeah, so I'd, yeah, I've not seen much of him. His, his form's not too good. Not too bad, really, either. No. He makes a few cuts, misses a few cuts. He's never challenging, really. Uh, but I think this course, if any, suits him nicely. Nice. So, who's your pot three? My pot three is James Hahn. Okay. 183rd in the world. In the FedEx, sorry. 303rd in the world. I think he was... I put his odds on here, but I think he was around about 400 to 1 or 300 to 1. 300 years, yeah. Yeah, 300 to 1. His approach from 200 yards, he's 20th. Approach from 175, he was 20th. Strokes gained off the tee, 44th. Approach to the green, he was 71st. And he's coming off a tie, 41, made cut at the Heritage. So, it was slim pits getting like slim pickings down that line. It's difficult this week, isn't it? Because you've got so many unknown players in, in the pot. So, you'd have to really go digging for the stats, don't you? Yeah. I've gone Kyle Westmoreland for pot nice. three. He's 82nd in the field for proximity, over 200 yards. He averages 53 foot from that distance. But he's 12th in the stats from proximity from 175 to 200 yards, so 12th on the tour. He's 64th in greens in regulation. He's at 67%. So with that strong stat being 12th from 175 to 200 yards, which is going to be the basis of what, what we're going for he hits nearly 70% of greens in regulation um, he's in the top half of the statistics there and he's 12th in driving distance averaging 310 yards strokes gained off the tee is 85th in, in total so not too bad so I think somebody like him hitting it so far down there and how good he is from 175 yards in he's definitely got a if, if, he, if, he, if he's playing well He's definitely a good outsider of 500 to 1. No, definitely. Yeah. million percent. His game's, game's suited nicely for it. Have you gone pot 4? So, pot 4, right? JB Holmes, 600 to 1, 224 from the FedEx, and it just had a line next to his world ranking. It, wasn't, it didn't even give me one. I couldn't find any stats on him. No? No. Why have you picked him then? Because he made a cut at the Honda at the Genesis, 
and he's been struggling for a little bit of form so far, but he, his last time he played was the Valero, so a couple of weeks off to rest and reset, and hopefully... It's he's just tough down there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and he's hit it. I know he hits it a long way. Yeah. So I was thinking if he hits a long way, usually for 200 yards could be a 7-9 for him. Yeah. So I'm just hoping that he makes the cut and gets me off the bottom of that table, to be honest. <laughs> hey, it's worth 70 points if you can make the cut. Yeah, I know. It's like quadruple what you've got so far. Exactly. <laughs> um, I've gone for a amateur who's still in college. Currently at Arkansas as a senior, Matteo Fernandez de Oliveira. Nice. He won the Latin American Amateur Championship earlier this year. Played the Masters, shot seven over for two rounds, missed the cup. But I think that experience um, could could do him well for a tournament like this. So yeah. again, I don't. I've never seen him play. I don't know too much about him. But if you're good enough to win the Latin American Amateur, and albeit you know seven over for two rounds at Augusta's not amazing, but it's not. You haven't made a show of yourself. No, of it course can be a tough not. Track. So, I don't know. I just. It, it's. It was. What price is he? He is six hundred to one. Yeah. Yeah. So he's at the top half of the pot four. Um, you know, you've got Kyle Westmoreland, the five hundred to one. He's six hundred to one. So yeah. similar odds. The bookies don't generally get it wrong, do they? So I don't know. I just think it's just a punt, really. There's no other two ways about it that's what my mind was just a pump because like yeah. when I was looking for stats or looking for anything and I was looked at a few of the people's stats and I was like nah get away <laughs> so I just thought yeah that's that's me boy but yeah I think you know other players that are playing this week who suit the course well Davis Riley just come off a win mm. uh, played well here last year as well and Tony Finau Finau yeah I was, I was tossing up between Finau and I just thought yeah but don't be surprised if Gary Woodland's up there as well you know, he's, he, his game is suited perfectly for this. Yeah, he's a big boy as well, yeah, isn't he? it's a long way. Quality ball striker. Um, and then one of the other players who's up there, who actually this is golf news that we missed out, Nikolai Hoygaard got special membership oh, yeah. for the PJ Tour. So he's got a PJ Tour card now for this season, and he goes in at 25-1 to 1 this week. No way. Yeah, one of the favourites, to be honest, going in. So had a good week last week at the... Um, Jorah. Jorah, yeah, and he's going to be playing PJ Tour now for the rest of the season, so one to keep an eye on, definitely. But Boss. Looking forward to seeing how this all unfolds and plenty of golf to look forward to. There is. And let's see, as always, we'll be back next year to review it all. Next year, though. Do I say next year? <laughs> see you next year, guys. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> Thank you.